Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And Peter Dowdell, the IrishGardener.com, uh, joining me on this sunny afternoon. Even though it's got a little bit cloudy now, but the, the sun uh, was out earlier when it was absolutely gorgeous. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Okay, good afternoon to you. Uh, we were just saying that the gorgeous weather we've yesterday and again uh, today and the amount of people getting out for walks or getting out in the garden, it's just good for the soul, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's therapy, isn't it? And I know we've talked about it before, but... We've really all benefited so much from the outdoor green space, be it our own outdoor green space or just the local environment. But we've all, it's been a challenging 12 months to say the least. And we've all, I think, benefited so much from from being outdoors when we can. Okay, and there's obviously a lot of people have taken to the garden. And like we know that, that during this pandemic, a lot of people have discovered their garden and discovered they have an extra room in their house, which is it, it's terrific. And I think it's become a hobby for so many people. And that's reflected in the amount of questions that are coming in. So let's get straight into questions. Liz Inkinsale wants Peter's advice, your verdict on injecting young fruit trees with phosphate and chem, chem jet injections. Uh, what is your view on injecting trees? And she wants also to treat apple scab, or is that what she wants to inject for? I'm not too sure. But anyway, injecting trees. Well, I don't have an opinion on on injecting them because I've never I've never heard of it. Now it could be something that they do commercial fruit growing, but I don't. I would be slow to to inject the trees with anything. I don't know what I don't know is so I don't have an opinion on what she's talking about. Unfortunately. Um, but like a good fruit tree, provided you're giving it the right conditions and the, the good soil, it's all about the soil and feeding the soil because everything comes out. I'm always going on and on about it, but everything comes from that magical energy, which we call the soil. So if your soil is healthy, then you'll have healthy fruit trees. So keep the soil good and healthy, uh, full of nutrients, full of humus, good soil texture, good soil structure, and then the fruit trees will be fine. And I don't think they'll need to be injected. In terms of scab, yeah, it's an apple scab. It's a fungal problem, which does affect apples, of course. Uh, and the best course of action with with any fungal infection is to try prevention is better than cure so what we call cultural control trish so what that means is is that with good pruning to allow good air circulation through the plant you're creating conditions that the the fungal infections are less likely to develop in and also at the time of bud burst which is when those dormant leaf buds and the stem burst back into growth it's when the energy if you like starts to flow through the plant again which normally happens middle of march but it could be as late as april well at that time of bud burst then drench the plant and the soil around it with a solution of copper sulfate mixed with water that's an organic broad spectrum fungicide which is very good as a preventative measure to prevent the the, the apples getting scab in the first place 
if they still get it, uh, pruning is going to be very important uh, come, let's say, next October, November, to prune out any infected growth and, and to keep a good open-centred bush to the tree. And we're going to stay on fruit because, and I know John Paul says he sent you on this picture that Maura has sent in to us. Uh, Maura says, I planted raspberries in my garden a couple of years ago. Last year, the crop was tiny in comparison to what it could be. I only have a small space and I may have been overambitious in my planting as I absolutely love strawberries. Could the bad crop be due to overplanting or something else? Picture attached. And we got the picture to you. What do you think? Um... Yes, you said strawberries there just by accident. Raspberries, oh, sorry, raspberries. Just for anybody listening. Okay. Not at all, you, just for, for anybody listening. Yeah, I did. I do see the picture. Uh, and it does look a bit congested, Trish, but I think most importantly, uh, you, you need to prune it. So, um, Maura, I don't know if she's pruned it. It doesn't look like she's ever pruned it. So they're, they're at least two years in the ground at this stage. So what you do with raspberries, and I think this is probably the, the reason that the crop wasn't so good. I'd be 99% sure. So when... W- you haven't pruned them at all now, so what I would do is look for the older growth amongst those clumps. Look for the really woody canes and cut them to ground level at this stage now. Keep only about, I would say, five or six canes per plant, Trish, uh, and tie them to, to some wire if possible to support them and leave them fruit away. Feed them, uh, again, keep the soil good and rich and healthy. So feed them with an organic plant food like the Nature Safe or the, the Bio Gold. The Bio Gold is, is like a seaweed one with um, an added yeast extract, which kind of stimulates the soil. So that's a very good one to get. It's another Irish one, Bio Gold. It comes in a black bottle. It's great, great product. Um, and that is good for to, to promote fruiting plants. So I would say prune them so there's only six or seven fresh canes remaining. Uh, feed it and then I'd say you'll be okay and just pray for for good weather this summer now going forward what you'd want to do is once you've harvested the raspberries then the 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 canes that fruited this year now this will be in say August September so the the canes that will fruit this summer they're the ones that you remove to ground level and the ones that haven't fruited they'll be quite green and pliant they're the ones that you're keeping for next year it's much easier to do that in the autumn because it's much clearer to see which is this year's and which were last year's if you know what i mean so keep the green ones about half a dozen per plant and cut off the one cut back down to ground level the ones that have fruited already Hi, uh, Peter. When should I cut back Bodleia and is it Keenothus? Ceanothus. 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 Yeah. Ceanothus is the the Californian lilac tree. You definitely know what I'd say. I'm just Googling a picture of it now. Yeah, I know it well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely, lovely plant. Um, So I wouldn't cut the Ceanothus back until just after flowering. So it'll flower kind of between April and June, maybe even going on a bit later. Um, and prune it just after flowering, okay? With the Budlia, and I wonder, there was somebody who wrote to me through the examiner asking me the same question. I wonder, is it the same person? I hope it is because I never replied to the email. I, my apologies. Um, with Budlia, I would, you could still cut it back now. So cut back a lot of the older wood in the Budlia, leaving again younger Young, like with the Budlia, the growth could be as thick as your arm, Trish. So remove that old wizened growth. Or if 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 that's only up to a few inches, cut back to that growth in a, a term that we call pollarding, um, and keep the the growth its kind of finger thickness. Uh, and again, just thin it out. And you you can cut it back in height as much as you want because it'll give you any amount of height later this year. Uh, but now is the time to do that, Jess. And this is probably too broad a question for Eileen in ovens. When is the correct time to cut back shrubs? It's probably too broad, isn't it? It is. 
it is but let me give you a kind of broad answer if i can trish it is of course because it's it's specific to, to, to different plants as to when you cut them back but if it's spring flowering now this isn't i preface this by saying this isn't 100 percent true but it's a good rule of thumb so if something is spring flowering so if it's coming into bloom over the next couple of months well then it most likely is flowering on growth which was produced last year okay so don't cut it back too late in the year because you'll sacrifice next spring's growth so in other words for something that is spring flowering cut it back just after flowering so that it has enough time to produce enough growth this year for flowers next year if you understand me mm. and then the for plants that are summer flowering and autumn flowering well again this isn't always true but they will tend to flower on current year's growth so uh, let's say the buddleia which is going to flower in 2021 is going to flower on growth produced during 2021. So it's safe to cut that back now because it hasn't produced any growth yet. So there's kind of for a general question, there's a general and enough answer. Okay, well done. Hi, Peter. We're looking for suggestions, please, of what to plant on a raised bed in the centre of a lawn. It's to disguise septic tank pipes, etc. We're hoping for a variety of heights and some evergreen shadow roots, obviously, would, would have to be important. What would you suggest? It's a kind of difficult one to answer just 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 like that uh, on the radio without seeing the place. And and the first piece of advice I would give, and you may not like this as a, as a, a reaction, but is sometimes like obscuring uh, something in the garden is obviously a very common. I'm not going to use the word problem, but common challenge. Let's say right. And I'll often point out to people sometimes when you're trying to obscure something by obscuring it, you're drawing more attention to it, if you know what I mean, mm. right? So this is the first piece of advice I'd give. So in other words, if there's no planting in that whole, I don't know the garden, you see, so, but if there was no planting in the whole garden, and then you suddenly plant five or six plants around your septic tank, you're really just drawing attention to the fact that you're trying to hide something, okay. right? So my first piece of advice is to tie it in with other landscaping around the place. So maybe maybe there is a flower bed near it maybe extend that flower bed to meet this one so it's all becomes more seamless um or, or maybe um if there isn't maybe create a larger flower bed so it looks like part of the greater landscaping plan but it is doubling up by hiding the septic tank and the pipes so that is the first piece of advice i give in terms of what to grow so you could go with something evergreen like a pittosporum you could go with we mentioned earlier one of the colors cianotis cianotis is a good evergreen various different heights and um, the pittosporums will grow quite tall um uh, another thing you could go for and i think it'll be lovely is something scented because obviously septic tanks and the pipes around them can have the the mm. unwanted uh scent so maybe go for this is a mouthful of a name trish but sarsicocca also known as christmas box or sweet box flowering at this time of the year strongly scented maybe try some of that because the, the like there's nothing really that's going to overpower that scent but it's nice it, it will certainly help to neutralize it maybe some roses as well for later in the summer but the most important thing is that you don't just put in six or seven different plants there and, and hope that nobody notices that you tie it into the greater landscaping yeah. and maybe choose one or two that you like and repeat them a few times. Uh, Mary Bounty wants to know when is the correct time to apply lime to a soil, to a, to a lawn? If you're applying it to a lawn, I don't normally apply lime on its own. It's, it's The reason you're doing that is to make the, the soil more alkaline, which is good practice because grass likes slightly alkaline soil but um, uh, and moss doesn't. So it is good practice. So if you're using lime or what I use, it's the lawn gold, which does the same thing, but it has the added nutrients. I, I will apply it from March onwards 
I think the soil temperature, I think I'm right, it could be corrected on this, I think the soil temperature has to be about 9 or 10 degrees. Um, so middle of March onwards be, be when I start using it. Mike in Bantry wants to know when should you give conifers a liquid feed? Well, again, going back to something we said there earlier in the piece, Trish, if, if the plants are growing in the right conditions and if the soil is healthy, they, they may not need it. So in other words, if they're established conifers, they shouldn't need feeding. If they do, then there's something afoot. There's something else wrong, I think. If they're only new, if they're relatively new and you're just helping them to get established, then liquid feed them. Again, I would, wouldn't do it at this time of the year because you don't want to promote growth at the moment, Trish, because uh, as I said two weeks ago, if you remember, February can often have a very, very cold snap mm. uh, and we're not out of it yet. So I wouldn't be feeding them yet. Again, I'd wait till we're coming out the other end. So again, probably middle of March onwards before I'd start liquid feeding the conifers or anything really. Mary says, hi Patricia, my, ger- my Peter, my geraniums have grown very tall and leafy. I'm wondering if I could cut them back. Would that help to thicken them up? And if so, is now the right time to do this? Yes and no. So um, yes, it will help to thicken them up by cutting them back, definitely. Uh, no, now is not the right time. It's too cold. Now, I, I'm hoping that those geraniums are indoors because they should be for the winter. Now, if they are outdoors and they've managed to come through the cold spell that we've had, then they're doing well. But I imagine they're in a glass house or in a porch or something like that. Wait till they start to produce a bit of new growth. Again, we're talking mid-March onwards, Trish, when the growth is starting again, uh, and then cut them back. And cut them back gradually. You might want to bring them back to a few inches, but if you do it that severely in one go, it would be too much of a shock. So cut them back gradually, bit by bit over the next, well, from March onwards, over a few weeks, uh, and then you'll get much more, much better, more bushy plants. Okay, and actually the listener, Liz in Kinsale, who had earlier asked about your opinion on injecting trees, uh, trees, she's actually sent on a link and I'll get John Paul to send it on to you for you to take a, lo- a look at it. It's, it's out of the UK. Do I will, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's to do with injecting trees against insecticides and fungicides. So I'll, I'll get John Paul to send that on to you. I'd to have a look at And it. we, can, we yeah. can talk about it next week. Uh, and Jim wants to know, Jas Peter, please, uh, am I still okay to prune apple and pear trees? Apple and pear trees. I would say leave the pears for now. Where are we, March? It's a bit late, being honest with you. You could give them a light trim. I'd leave the pears, uh, but you could leave the pears till later in the summer, but give the apples a light trim now, all right? But it's getting a bit late, certainly. Okay, and what always comes up at this time, somebody's saying we'd love to plant daffodils. Is it too late? Yes. Well, yes and no. It's it's the kind of thing, it's too late to get them. You probably won't get them anywhere. But uh, if you have them or if somebody has some daffodil bulbs and you haven't planted them. So ideally, yes, Trish, you're right. Ideally, they should be planted in the autumn, anytime between kind of August and and let's say December. Um, But if you have them and they haven't been planted, well, you've nothing to lose. They'll just flower a bit later this year. But if they've gone anyway soft, so if they're soft to the touch, throw them out. Yeah, but you certainly won't be able to buy daffodil bulbs. Even though some of the supermarkets sort of sell them in, but they're more for indoors. They're, you know, in... Yes, possibly the paper whites and things of that, yeah. Okay, all right, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for that, Peter. And just very briefly, Trish, if I may, for anybody else who has questions, on Fridays now at one o'clock on my own Facebook page, Irish Gardener, I'm doing a, a Facebook Live where I obviously can't get to all the, the emails. We discussed that before. Yeah. But for anybody who wants a, a question answered on Facebook, the Irish Gardener, Fridays, one o'clock, I'll, I'll do my best. Okay, well done. So Irish Gardener and at one o'clock. And how long will it run for? An hour, as long half as it an takes. Hour? Last week was the first, about normally about half an hour. Well, well, 40 minutes last week was the first one I did. So probably about half an hour each week. Well done. Well done. Okay, good luck with that. And we'll speak to you next Wednesday.
look forward to it. Thanks, Joyce. Thanks. Uh, that is uh, Peter Dowdell, the Irish Gardener. Check out his Facebook if you want to, to get f- uh, further questions uh, answered. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.